Welcome to another episode of Inspired Artist Podcast with me, Porter Singer, formerly Sirgan Carr, in case you're confused. I am speaking with Emily Quant today, who is a very inspiring individual. She's a parent of two boys. She is a community leader. She runs a community called Free to Learn. And she's talking today about parenting in general, but parenting in this era of COVID and quarantine and the new normal that we're experiencing. She talks about little humans as people too, people who know what sorts of choices they want to make, who should be given agency. Uh, She uses a model called the Agile Model for organizing her own household and the community when it's running, which it is not now. And she just offers so many beautiful insights and tips for parents of all walks of life, really, not just for those who are following this unschooled model, um, for just, you know, giving ourselves a break during this time and enjoying the company of our children. All right, here we go. Okay, cool. So you, as I understand it, have a business helping people unschool, yes? Yes. Something like that? You want to explain it better? Yeah, we are a community, so we meet five days a week. Now that we're on COVID, we're not doing that. But um, yeah, we are usually there on a regular school schedule, and the kids all direct their own worlds. So everybody comes, uh, we do, we set our days in the morning and um, schedule out anything that needs to be arranged together. And then we just go about the rest of the day, everybody doing their own thing and their together thing and just watch how life unfolds. Like at your own house or you? No, we're at a site. Yeah, we have a location. And what does that look like? Is that like another house or? Yeah, it looks the best when it's another house because <laughs> you end up just doing life things. Uh-huh. And so you need like couches and living rooms and little quiet rooms and all sorts of, all the regular things that life is, you know? So um, yeah, we meet at um, a house that was turned into a commercial building. Okay. So it has almost everything we've got, you know, we have to use a toaster oven because it still doesn't have the oven in it, but you would just want a, the best scenario is to have a home uh-huh. that everybody meets together in. And then we have like designated rooms, right? The big room is the community room um, where we have all of our group meetings. We do spawn, we call it um, from Minecraft where you go back every uh, in the mornings kind of get together as a group and set intentions um, and just build community and relationships. And then when in the afternoon, we come back and reflect together. Like, well, I wanted to do this project and this project. I didn't get them done. Do you need support? That kind of thing. So just touching base. Cool. Okay. So there's how many families that do this? Or is it just kids? How's that? It's just the kids. Yeah. Um, the parents can come in. Usually we have one parent on site per day, um, just to be available for different things. Uh, cause there's only two of us staffing. So having a third person and a car and you know, those things is very helpful. So we do, um, we do have the parents come for that, but other than that, it's just drop off. Okay. Okay. So like structurally it could be viewed as a school. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And many, um, we're an agile learning community. Many agile learning centers are actual schools. We don't run that way in California because, um, the kids don't have freedom of their worlds. If you run as a school, you have to follow really strict, uh, curriculums and all these things. Um, and then also in California, you can't attend a school if you're unvaccinated. So wow. there's quite a, f- there's just, we wanted it to be available for the parents to choose what they want to do on that. Um, so yeah, we can't. Even with like private 
and charter, would this be considered a public? Really? Oh, I didn't realize that. Okay. You cannot be in school in California with any, if you're not current on your vaccinations. And there's no exemptions? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> so we recently moved to Washington and I had to, and I thought this was, I thought this was actually more than I wanted to go through. I had to get a doctor's note. Oh, right. To, you know, to not vaccinate my child. And, and we didn't have insurance at the time. So it's like, okay, fine. I'll just pay like whatever. I'll get these stupid notes. Cause I put them in school for the first time ever for a whole six weeks until COVID. <laughs> that was funny how it worked out. Yeah. Um, but I thought that was a lot. So that, that's interesting. Yeah. We've had to do that previously. Um, and, uh, you know, keep up to date that we have, you know, went to a doctor and didn't vaccinate. But now we're not allowed to go to school at all if we aren't vaccinated. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So it's pretty crazy. So we just didn't structure as a school because of that. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we wanted parents to have maintained their freedoms in that. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. There was, so there was a similar establishment that I looked into sending my kids to actually before I sent them to, to public school here. Um, that just ended up being such a long drive. I didn't even, mm. I didn't want to. We have an agile up there. Clearwater is in some Shamamish. Shamamish. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's, that's quite a drive from where yeah, I am. It's yeah. too far for you. <laughs> the closer one was in Bothell, but even, even that. Oh yeah. But yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, they're, so that, that's really cool. So I notice, well, actually let's, let's start because some people might not even be like aware of this learning style. So do you want to give kind of a, an overview of the philosophy or, you know, kind of how you. Yeah. Yeah. So basically, um, we believe that children are people too. So they don't need another people to tell them what to do. Um, you know, like just like any adult or any person that you actually view as a hundred percent of a person, you would never dream of like requiring them to do a bunch of things. Like they get to choose what they do. And then also you trust that their choices are going to be what they need, that they know that best for themselves. So, um, yeah, we trust the learning process. We trust that learning is happening all the time. So there isn't a problem with adults thinking that an adult isn't learning something or working on something that they need right then, right? If they choose to go out and get a massage, we trust the fact that they need that self-care right now. If they choose to go to coffee with their friend, we, we trust that that's what they need right now. Um, if they choose to write a book, we trust that. If they choose to go to work, we trust that. Like there's all this trust happening with an adult where you're just like, yeah, I'm pretty sure that they know what they need and we're gonna let them do that, right? If they don't wanna share their car with me, then we <laughs> trust that like, okay, we're gonna let you be you and have your car and you don't have to share it with me. So there's a bunch of things in adulthood that we just take for granted. And when you, then we put this age cap on and we say, if you are from five to 18, you, you don't have that blanket of trust. We don't trust that you know when you need to drink. We don't trust that we know, you know when you need to eat. You must follow all of these things. Also, we don't trust that you know, um, you know what you're learning right now. We don't trust that you can choose those kind of things. So, um, Without that level of trust for kids, we've just like put in all of these establishments and this is what you do and we just tell them what to do and then they do it and it's kind of a bummer for them. <laughs> kind of like when we didn't think that the color of your skin, like if you had a dark skin, then you can't be uh, responsible for land. You can't, right? Like it's, mm -hmm. it's very much like we've just decided this feature about you as a human causes you to not be able to make your own choices. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, people used to think that about women. People used to think that about blacks. People used to think that about all sorts of humans. Mm -hmm. um, and right now, they think about children. So, the idea is that 
actually children know what they are working on, what they're learning, what they need, and they can make those decisions very well for themselves. And if you just let them continue to make those decisions, their life unfolds perfectly as it needs to, and they turn out really, really awesomely. <laughs> they just, they live amazing lives. They're super empowered. They understand how their life choices are. There's just a bunch of wonderful things that happen as a result because they've practiced how life goes. So when they turn 18, it's not like, okay, now you're an adult, you have to do all the adult things. It's like, well, of course, I've been making my own choices. I know how these operations work. I've, I've, had my, I've owned my own things from the time I was little. I got to choose, you know, like if I decided not to loan my doll to someone, then I got to see what the event effects of that were, right? And if I decided to allow them to come in and join me, then I knew what that was going to look like. So there's just so many more uh, life experiences that they've already had if you allow them to choose. Mm -hmm. So we just let them live their lives 100%. They create their days. We have four agreements on site. Um, respect yourself. Like you have to speak up for yourself. You're the only one that knows what you need. And that's actually your responsibility. Your number one responsibility is to be who you are and like be okay with that. And then uh, respect other people, respect the space and respect the stuff. Like we open every fall with only those four agreements <laughs> and it works beautifully. So we come in and, and we have those four, all the kids sign those agreements and say they are committed to doing those when they're on site with us. And um, then we come in and at any point when you have two people in relationship, you're gonna enter into conflict right away, right? So everybody comes in on the first day, first day everyone's like, yay, this is great, we love each other, no problem. And then the second day you're like, wait a minute, I made this Play-Doh, I want the whole of it. And the other six kids are like, what? We thought you were making Play-Doh for us. And you know, you get the problems. So we have a community mastery board um, where we intentionally build our culture. So when you run into problems, you just write stuff on a post-it note. Like um, when we do Play-Doh, only one person is getting to play with it, right? We put that up and we meet once or twice a week to review those things. So we have this thing that came up, there's not enough Play-Doh for everyone, or there is enough Play-Doh, but it's not getting spread around. And we talk about some ideas that might work to solve that problem, right? So um, anybody can stay to participate in that meeting, right? So with the Play-Doh, you're not gonna have your teenagers stay for that. You're just gonna have your seven, eight-year-olds stay, um, your fives and sixes. So they're gonna stay and they're gonna throw out some ideas, right? Um, first, they're gonna establish the need. What is the need that we're in this? Why is this on our board? And do, any, do enough of us care about it? Is it, a, is it something that is a community thing? Some things that are just personal. Right, I'm gonna stop you one second because my kids are like murdering each other in the background. Okay. <laughs> they're, yeah, sorry. They're just waking up so they might interrupt us again. That's fine. Okay. We know how that goes. <laughs> okay. You have your own community mastery going on. I, I do. Yeah. I, you know, I used to what I, I'm not sure I was ever very good at it, but I considered myself an unschooler. Um, I think that I'm going to let you finish what you were, what you were saying, but though, but, um, but I wouldn't talk about that first. Well, yeah, just with our, with the relationships, it's so, it's such a huge thing to navigate um, any people being yeah. in a peaceful environment, right? Where they all have the right to engage without being disturbed. <laughs> um, so all of those things come up and we just talk about like, what is the, what is our shared need in our community where we're going to be um, all on the same page with this? So um, physical safety is obviously a really big one, right? That everybody can get on board with. Um, playing, playing together is a really big one, right? Which is what you would have in the Play-Doh. Everybody had this desire 
to play with the Play-Doh. And so yeah. like, how are we gonna make that work? So for that, like, um, I can set it up for you downstairs. You want to play no, downstairs? No, 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 I'm being. If you play it here, then I can't do my. All right. I kind of wondered how this was going to go because it was going to be right when they were waking up. You're at that stage where I didn't ever plan anything until 11. <laughs> ah, nothing can happen until 11. There's just too many, too many variables. Very <laughs> Um, so yes, relationships, <laughs> relationships. Yes. Um, when you in like setting those needs of what everybody needs has been, it's so beautiful. First off to acknowledge that like everybody has needs and everybody gets to express those and be valued in them. That's something that was kind of, I don't know. It was, it was overlooked maybe in my own childhood where you just like, you just do the things, just do the things. These are the things that everyone does. Um, I was homeschooled for the majority of my education. So I had a lot more freedom than a lot of kids, but um, just in our family structure, like you just, we didn't ever talk about the needs that people had. Uh -huh. Um, of everyone, right? Like you, it kind of was an age structure. Like if you're older, you just acquiesce to someone younger and that's kind of just, that was just the rule. So um, family. it didn't suit me very well because I was the oldest girl. Okay. <laughs> so the younger kids like thought it was great, but um, it was a little rough for the older ones. But anyway, so establishing those things where like, some kids need to play with Play-Doh and then other ones, it turns out, you know, as you're in this process of what, why do you want to have the whole batch of Play-Doh right now? They're like, well, I'm the one who made it. So I should get to have it all right. And so their need is maybe ownership or something like that. So then you, once you have that, like these people have this need, these people have this need, what's our shared need in this? And the shared need is really everybody wants to have Play-Doh. Right. So, okay. That's legit. Like everybody wants to have Play-Doh. Now, how are we going to meet those needs? And so these guys have their ideas and they're like, well, she needs to give us our Play-Doh after she makes it. And then she has, of course disagrees with that wholeheartedly. We've already been over that <laughs> on the Play-Doh day. Um, but you come up with some other ideas like, okay, well, that's not going to work. We already tried that and it didn't work. What, what about some other ideas? Um, well, what if, someone else made some play-doh for us so that she could keep ownership of hers and like okay well, why don't you make just a small batch for you and then we'll do something else with the others right and she's like okay great as long as i get to keep mine then these guys are like well we don't really want to make the play-doh then you have to go find someone to make play-doh for you right so if this is our agreement she's gonna make a smaller batch she's not going to share it with you and so you have to get that facilitated for you, which is what we as staff are there for, right? Like, I'm totally fine with making Play-Doh for you. If you want to do that, I'm available. I can do that for you. So then they source their need and get that met. Um, or there's like 13, 13 year olds who are more than willing to share their Play-Doh skills with you. And so our new practice is so-and-so, when she makes Play-Doh, she gets to keep it. And these guys find somebody else to make their Play-Doh. And we try it, just try it for a week. Okay. At the end, then the next week when we check in, how did that go? And these guys are like, we hated it. Or the person that we found to facilitate didn't actually facilitate it, right? So we got no Play-Doh. And this girl's like, yeah. It was awesome. I kept my Play-Doh, played with it all myself all week, right? So if you have this, then we're going to try a new practice. Yeah. You come up with something new that you need a new facilitator or whatever. Like it might turn out you have to make your own Play-Doh. Like yeah. if you want Play-Doh, you got to make it yourself, <laughs> whatever. We try that new practice until we get everybody with a thumbs up. So every week we're checking in, seeing how it works. Um, and then once we get a practice that everybody is on board for, that's our practice until it comes back that it's not working anymore. Um, and every single thing that comes up goes through that process. 
and it just solves every problem. <laughs> I, I have a question about that. So would you just, could you just buy Play-Doh? Uh-huh. Yep. For sure. Yeah. Whatever, whatever happens, right? Like if you guys don't want to make Play-Doh, let's just order some and then you'll have it for sure. All ideas are on the table. Mm -hmm. cool. So, so I, I was, I was telling you, um, I think right after my son uh, gave us our first break um, that, so I, I really loved this this educational philosophy a lot. Um, I read up a whole bunch about it. I think I got really interested in it after I did my whole like free birth thing and I realized everything could be different than the way we think it is. Um, and I just really loved it. One of the things that I had that I found really challenging was um, I think as a parent and you, which is probably why this system works so great because it seems like you're actually facilitating it for the parents you have to be very involved, I think, and be willing to, to, you know, be available for all these, like, I want to make a box for it. I want to, you know, and I'm like, I don't feel like making a box for it. Right yeah. Now. So the, a big piece is that everyone it, there gets to respect their, themselves first. Uh -huh. That includes you. Yeah. Yeah. You get to not want to play a box sport. That's your right and privilege as any adult or child or anyone. Doesn't matter what age you are. If you don't want to play box sport, you don't have to play box sport. Like that just doesn't have to be. Right. So um, it's helpful to be in community because then you have way more people to source from, right? Like I don't want to play boxes. My big thing is I don't want to paint. <laughs> don't no paint no painting can happen like and if I'm painting then I want to be in painting and I'm like really painting and I don't want people messing with me I don't want to be facilitating like no and I don't want to clean up paints like that's torturous to me so I can't do that <laughs> so being in community super helpful because there's a ton of you know, 12 year olds who want to paint and are totally interested in cleaning up paint. There's, there's more people, there's other facilitators, there's all these things happening. So you get a much richer community because um, people are willing to give on other things, right? So the 10 year olds super duper would, are interested in taking a break from playing their game and going and playing a box with boxes. So when you just have our two, I have two boys as well, and we've just got two boys doing potentially very different things and needing potentially different facilitation. And myself, like, I don't want to be doing any of those things. I'm an, I like my adult reading things and I don't want to be reading out loud kid stories. <laughs> so, um, yeah, for us, it was super, super wonderful to be in community because then everybody's doing the things that they want and they have friends um, and community to do them with. And then there's enough facilitation happening yeah. where you feel like it's a pretty rich environment. Um, but that's a pretty big thing. You have to hold space for yourself as much as you hold it for the kids. And that's sometimes hard. And then it really limits the things that they want to do, which brings us into like, okay, well now they're just on their, computers they're just gaming 100 percent of the time right and then we have to work through the emotions of that like hey if this is what's available to them is and they're choosing that is there anything wrong with that well yeah there's you know they're not moving their bodies and they're children and they're supposed to move their bodies right so but but then if we bring it out and we say i'm experiencing like real anxiety because you guys never move your bodies and they say that kids should be moving their bodies so I'm worried that you're going to like kill yourselves or something, right? <laughs> like you're going to just one day, you're just going to be like gaming and you're just going to fall over. And um, <laughs> I'm more nervous that they just won't be tired at night. That's my, that's my more, that's my more concern. You know, stay up all night. that's legit. That's why we take our dogs for a walk. So they won't bother us. Right. Like which, and, and you can always say like, it's fine if you're not tired at night. It's fine if you choose to facilitate yourself all night long and then sleep all day long. 
I don't actually care about that. What I care about is that when I choose to go to sleep, nobody's waking me up. So if you're to the point where you can facilitate yourself all, as many hours as you want, and then when you wake up in the morning, not be grouchy at me, you have to respect me because now you're tired and all this whatever, right? Or we have somewhere to go tomorrow. Like you gotta, you gotta manage yourself then. You have to have your emotions in check and you know that's rough to do when you've been up until two o'clock in the morning. Um, so it's those kind of, those are all conversations. Those all come out and like, wow, I felt really, really disrespected when you yelled at me because I was trying to help you get your shoes on so we could go to this commitment. That was your commitment, <laughs> right? Or whatever. It was mine. It was yours. We had agreed that we were going to follow through on this commitment. And so everything gets talked about, all those things. And then if they can navigate themselves, um, they can do it fine, you know, and it, I don't care. If it's on my personal list, then I require, like, if you get yourself on my list, then you're gonna have to follow my list. I get to make the list. Like, if you're on your own, you get to make the list, but if you're on mine, you gotta follow mine. So, How does that work? What, what do you mean if you're on my list? Um, so I'm having to think about it. I'm having to, um, I'm having to go, apply my personal energy in order to facilitate something that you're doing uh-huh right so getting out of the door is our huge one that we've always had right like whatever we're doing something one i didn't do anything until 11 so there was that right that gives me space to like try to get ahead of it but gosh dang just getting shoes tied is like the devil and <laughs> like if you can get your shoes on, I'll facilitate you learning how to tie your shoes, right, on my own time. Yeah. If you come up to me, we're not headed out the door, yeah. we're going, whatever, I'll, it, I'm going to pour that out for you. But I'm not going to sit down with you when we're already 15 minutes late and teach you to tie your shoes. Because it's, and so that's the things, like, being somewhere on time is on my list. They don't care if we're somewhere on time, right? Like, so that's how it gets onto mine. If you have it on your list, you're gaming and it occurs to you, hey, I want to learn to tie my shoes so mom isn't yelling at me. Like, super great. Let's do it. I'm on board for that. I will put all of my energy into that. So those kind of things where I'm going to res respect myself and say, no, this is my time. We're getting out the door. I'm not going to facilitate teaching you how to tie your shoes right now. Um, and then even I'll hold space for it later, right? Because you don't know what the heck time it is. But when I have time, I'm going to say, hey, remember you wanted to tie your shoes. That's on our list today. We set our day in the morning and say, I got to learn how to tie my shoes. Okay, I'm available at one. All right, let's do it. And then you go and talk to them and they're right in the middle of eating and they're like, oh, I don't have time for that. I'm like, okay. If you don't have time for it right now, I have another slot at 2.30. Do you want to try that or do you, are you going to let this go, right? So I'm maintaining my personal alignment and with the things that I want to do, um, which is great to model for them because that's what we want them to do as they are building their own days is like, you don't, you're not just at the whim of every, person who wants something from you right like hey why don't we have a car anymore oh yeah i met a homeless man and he didn't have a car so i gave my car to him like that's fine if you're inspired to do that but it could put it has pretty intense ramifications if you let that play out all the way so i feel like that's something that we really need to model for ourselves holding space for ourselves because we want them to hold space for themselves as well Really so, so, yeah, it, it makes it easier. What is, I've, I've noticed that you post these, like, basically post-it calendars on your wall. That's what it looks like to me. Can you explain that? Because I have no idea what that's about. I mean, I that, <laughs> but it looks like it's very helpful. Could you elaborate? Super helpful. <laughs> so, um, one of the things that we really love um, Agile is a model that is well-established. Uh, so if you do a search on Agile, the Agile model, it's, a soft, it's used in software development is where it came from. And it's 
an effort to like put all these people whose natural strengths might not be communication, like uh, maybe engineers and computer programmers and all those guys, right? So they just want to, they're just dive, we want to dive in, we're just writing code 100% of the time. But they have to interface with the uh, graphic designers and the engineers and everybody, right? In program, not programming, but software development. So this agile model was developed in that world in order to facilitate everybody communicating and each piece being able to really integrate smoothly with the other pieces. So it turns out the pieces of a software development pro uh, project are exactly the same as the pieces of any project and any connection point, right? If, if each one of those pieces is also a human, it works out well to interface this way. So, um, and the founder of Agile Learning Centers had a software development background and had used this in his workplace for years and years. And he thought his son was in a Sudbury school that um, he ended up taking over. And he thought that you could apply these same principles to small humans. So, um, and the projects that the small humans are working on. So he just tried it, just went for a couple years and was like, hey, maybe we can try this. So in Agile, you have Kanbans, which are just boards to organize things upon, right? So you basically like every single thing gets thrown up on those Kanbans so that you have visible feedback. So that's what the little post-it notes are, right? Like we're gonna forget, I'm personally gonna forget that you cared about Plato until the next Plato event happens, right? Yeah. <laughs> the Plato, I'm all in a tither because everybody's yapping at each other, but then as soon as that calms down, it's right out of my mind. Then we're in Plato again a week and a half later, and I'm like, ah, oh, shoot, we needed to talk about this. I don't that doesn't happen because it got written on a post-it note. And now on the post-it note, we have Plato isn't getting shared. And so we've worked through that. And then, so we have one post-it note that says Plato isn't getting shared. We have another one that says what everyone needs. We all want to play with Plato, not just one person. And then it has whatever idea we're trying for that, right? This is our practice that we're trying this week. And then we're going to throw that away if it doesn't work and put up a new one. We're going to throw it away until we get all those thumbs up, right? So that's what it is, is visible feedback. So that's how we do our community mastery board. And then once we have something that works and all of those are aligned, everybody's good, and we feel like we're, it's just the way that we operate right now, we take all of that visible feedback and we put it over in a final column, which is like, this is just part of our culture now. This is what we do with the Play-Doh, right? Nobody really has to think about it anymore. We don't need to check in on it. it just is what it is. So um, visible feedback is phenomenal. It's like magic <laughs> because you don't lose track of it. Um, I'm super just distracted. I get, I love new things. So I'm going to be all over the board. So it really settles like, okay, I can just put this on the board and now I don't have to think about it again. Um, and our schedules uh, for a day are also like that. And pretty much everything, right? Everything we have, we like to have that visible feedback. So um, our schedule at school, we do a set the week board. It's giant. It's like the same size as my cabinets back there, <laughs> like all the way across. And it each day has a column and then the times on it. So we're gonna be doing this and then this and then this. It starts off empty, of course. And then, um, you know, well, we wanna, we're, we have an art teacher coming in on Mondays and Fridays and we have, so the things that are scheduled go on that. And then when you want to do your dance practice with the other people who are in your dance, you know that you, two people are also in the art class. So you wanna schedule around that. So we, just that what I've been posting re recently is our, we've transitioned that to our home because we're now we're at home. Yeah. Um, so I just set out all the times that are possible. And then we just put posties of what our commitments are. And then as we add new things, we can just see where the schedule is. And it does need to be big. It's just giant. It's a whole wall. It's taller than the kids. <laughs> so in, in practice, like let's, let's 
have a scenario where your kid wants to do X, Y, Z, um, can you, can you kind of, and, and is there a place where people can like visually see what this would look like too? Yeah. Yeah. My website, uh, we have, we have all the pictures and whatnot, not on the website. We are free to learn community.com and then agile learning centers.org has just massive amounts of everything. And it, we really do like everything is visible. So we have boards like crazy. I mean, the first meeting that I went to where the founder came and he trained us and he's like, do you have whiteboards? I'm like, Oh yeah, we have whiteboards. We're good. He's like, okay, I'll bring some. And like the number of whiteboards that he brought, I was like, what in the world's going on? And we used everyone and we needed more. And there's just no, um, like I have in my house, I have one whole wall here behind me. I have stuff going on in the hall. We have stuff in the office. We've got just everywhere is our feedback. So anything that we need to organize, we put together in that way. Cause then you don't have to keep it in your brain. Uh -huh. And I love that. So is yeah. there a reason why it would be in your kitchen as opposed to in another room or there is, you just put it wherever, one, you put it wherever you have space for it. Okay. Two, you put it wherever it's going to like, you're going to see it. As for me, I don't remember stuff. So I want to be able to like walk past it as much as possible. <laughs> so um, that's great. And also my husband is in the office, which is right behind us. And so he comes out of the office and can just add stuff to it or see what we're doing all the time. So it's just wherever works for you. And then if I'm sitting, I've been working here at the kitchen table a bunch since we've been on lockdown. And so I can just like turn over and read what my posties say without even having to move. Mm -hmm. So yeah, wherever is most convenient. <laughs> I usually just put them where I personally am the most because I'm holding space for the most things. Yeah. So yeah, wherever your body is would be a great place for it the most. Um, yeah. So. And so this is the sort of thing of like, we need more bananas. Um, the casters broken on the dining room table, that sort of thing or. Potentially. Well, for us, it's like scheduling things. Yeah. Um, yeah, but you would have another one that is like um, projects in process, right? Like we need more bananas would be a great one. I have uh, all of our food stuff is on that little, this little pink thing right here behind us. I have our, um, <laughs> that's our meals for the week. And then our grocery list builds on the little bottom part, right? As we run out of stuff, I build the bottom of it. This is also... These are all little emojis on our refrigerator right here. And this is what we call our settling in list. So on here, you can't see it obviously because it's too far away, <clears throat> are all the items that need to be accomplished before we're gonna be able to get out of the house successfully. So all of those, the boys didn't like having to do it on my timeline because here's me when we're getting out of the house. like. I could do all of my stuff and get myself and I'm in my mind, like preparing all this stuff. And then I walk out of my room all ready to go like five minutes before. And I'm like, boys, are you ready? Let's go. And I literally give them like five minutes to prepare. <laughs> they hate that. <laughs> it's the worst. So we came up with this, we call it our settling in list. Like the house is settled. The boys are settled. They're ready so that they can, we can function with my, like, I just give you five minutes warning. That's all there is to it. So all of their stuff is done. Like their water bottles in the car are filled. So, cause they have no idea. Like, are we going to be gone for five minutes? Are we going to be gone for six hours? Are we not coming back? Like, you know, like it's just, and that's just how I personally like to run my life. Right. Like, I don't know. I don't, I just do my stuff. I get a text message. I'm like, okay, let's go. And like, what the heck? We're just in the middle of all these things. We don't have anything done. So that they put their little emojis on when they're done with those items. So they get up in the morning, they brush their teeth, they get their clothes on, they um, unload the dishwasher, they do a bunch of things that are just like, these are the things that we would really help us. Having like knowing what shoes they're gonna wear is big. Um, 
so little things like that, right? Then all, once those things are done, now I can just go in there and say, okay, Aunt S called, we're going to the park right now. And they're all, everything is, is situated and they feel settled. <laughs> oh, yeah. So it's just all these little, so that's one, right? There's two that we're looking at right there over here. I can actually turn you around and you can see it a little bit maybe. Oh, okay. That was you take pictures of? Yeah. This one is our new one. So it's, but I mean, look at how big it is. It's just yeah. a gargantuan. And it has, it has the days of the week and then it has the times. That middle strip there across is um, our check-in because they want to check in and see how they're doing throughout the day. So I'm holding space for that. And then they come in, we all sit down and say, how are things going? And then we have even the evening PM time. So we can all add to that. So that's our cool little sketch there. Yeah. And it works great. And I can use, I mean, you see how big it is. I can literally like look over and see what's happening uh -huh. after I'm done with this. So it's really great to just have everything right there. And we do that at school. It's exactly the same. It's just really smooth and flowing. And then I'm checking in with myself there right so it gives everybody just a lot more lead time on it just cuts down on the craziness uh -huh. so has this transition from you know going from i don't know what you'd call it the the normal that we knew um into this other era of you know staying at home do you think that this has been easier for you because you're like oh, yeah yeah these practices yeah yeah yes we have had no ill effects from the transition in any way except for the kids don't get to play with their friends right, right? right. so for us as adults like i feel connected to you right now i don't need to like be sitting next to you and i don't need to like be in your bubble to connect with you um, but the kids really are so physical and they're so just in their bodies right now that um, they really, really miss that connection. But other than that, no, we're totally, it's been totally a smooth transition. We're meeting online. So we do a check-in um, in the morning with anybody who wants to, you know, who Zooming works for. It's hard for kids. Um, and we set our intentions and we're kind of, you know, keeping a little bit of rhythm that way. And then they do, um, they've been doing happy hours together, which is really cute. So they'll make their root beer or lemonade or something and, um, <laughs> and just be zooming together. Um, but just holding space for them to connect in that way. But yeah, totally smooth. It's been really, really nice. How old are your boys? They're 12 and nine. Okay. Yeah, so they're older. They don't take as much facilitation, right? Like they, they're to that point where they're pretty independent. Mm -hmm. But also we've been practicing this for a lot of years now. So they know that I'm not, that they get to choose their activities. Um, and they do a ton of gaming. Um, and the, so my younger son is mostly gaming and then my older one is, he does a lot of art as well, but they're on their devices, just a massive amount of time. Right. So I've had to do my own work to like figure out how to navigate that. And the reason that I want them, that I allow them to be on devices is because I feel like it's, they're learning and it's growing their, it's good for their brain and it, they're developing. Right. But also I want to nurture their bodies. And if their body isn't healthy, their brain isn't going to be functioning at the capacity that it could be. So we've been in conversations, right? We actually have steppers, under desk steppers that we can step on. We have three of them in the house. <laughs> so, and, and under this kitchen table right now, see, I could just start stepping right now and just be. What, what is that? What is that? It's like a. It's a little like elliptical machine. Oh, funny. Okay. Okay. Just a tiny little elliptical machine under your desk for people who are sedentary. I'm personally a sedentary person. Yeah. All of my favorite activities are sedentary. Like 
I love to read. I love to research. I love to communicate with people online. Like I'm a sedentary person and that's my favorite thing. Mm -hmm. So I didn't want to get rid of any of my favorite things, but I also want to respect my body. So I got myself a little stepper for underneath my desk. Um, last night I hadn't closed my rings on my, you know, I have an Apple watch and it tells you how much you're doing and and it was time for our movie night we do a movie night on Sundays and I hadn't gotten my movement in so I just pulled the stepper out to in front of the sofa and I was just watching my movies step 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 like my heart rate was almost 100 almost the whole time we were watching the movie just I was doing my favorite thing hanging out with my family but also at the same time keeping in mind like well, I guess my body does count and need things. <laughs> so yeah, little things like that, where um, we got our kids the ergonomic setups, you know, so they have like this little clamp that puts their device up at eye level. <clears throat> oh, okay. So they're not always like, you know, drooping their head down and whatnot. So there's a bunch of stuff that we've done. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, I, I find it, I find it so interesting. And I sort of wonder if it had to do with how I started raising my older one, but um, it could also just be personalities. And that's probably what it is. But my, my older son, until he was about two or three, I was super nervous about screen time with him. Like I wanted, I, I wanted to like do the whole Waldorf thing. And like, I was really nervous about screen time with him. But he just, he kept like, it just kept being this battle. And finally I was like, okay, whatever. Okay, just watch it. So then with my second, who came in when um, the older one was three and a half, um, I was like, you know, let's, I, I had, I was, I would, I had listened to enough of the unschooling podcasts and read the books and whatever that I was like, let's just see how this works. So my older one will do so much more like he'll just get really immersed in, in, in watching and will, will spend an entire day and not break. Mm -hmm. And my younger one, I can't get him to sit down in front of something for more than like an hour. You know, it's harder to facilitate. <laughs> so, you know, he's like, he, he wants to play, he wants to do Play-Doh and paint and, you know, play, play Mickey with me and Legos and, you know, all this stuff. Um, so I find that really interesting because, yeah. It's turned out that way. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, and you just never know. Personalities are so different. That's why it's so beautiful to be in community because both of those are completely nurtured and facilitated. Right. And so we can all just be doing the things that we really want to do. And there's people that are available to do them. So it's much harder to facilitate unschooling just as an individual family. For me, the richness of the experience is just so much less. Every kid who comes in, every new family that we get is like so valuable because they're, everybody's different. Everybody's doing things. They're exposed to things that they would never have even thought of right like oh my gosh and it turns out they love doing that which they had no idea about yeah um and i certainly don't love doing that so i would have never exposed them to it right but they do they get such um such a great experience being in community together so for me i mean it's the only way to go i love i love unschooling so much but the fact that it can just be so much richer is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. There's one of mine. <laughs> He's getting his lunch. This is Jamesy. When you pull your lunch out, hold it up for the camera. This is one of the things that like facilitates my craziness. I make all of our lunches on Sundays. So in my lunch right now, there are 12 lunches so that when I say like a half an hour before lunch, okay, we're going. And I have not, I'm not going to be hungry until four, right? But turns out the children need them. So there's this whole day's worth of food all in one bag. <laughs> there it is. Yogurt, oranges, cucumbers, hot dog, everything's in there. Pirate's booty. Oh my God. Snacks. 
protein, carbs, everything, <laughs> veggie. That's hilarious. Yeah. I think I could, I, it, it's, I don't know, it, it, personality wise, I'm like, I could never get my kids to decide or what they're going to want to eat for the next seven days. Well, so then when they get stranded and I didn't get hungry until four (laughs) o'clock and they're like, mom, I'm starving. I'm like, okay, we're going to go get food really soon. Right. Um, they would much rather have food than not food. (laughs) So it is personality wise, right? I'm not going to, and it's just that we've been in these tight spaces so frequently that they're like, oh, it's fine. They do really like the same. They don't, they switch it up every week, uh-huh. but um, they, they're pretty okay. Like that yogurt, the, they found those yogurts and they've been eating those yogurts probably for, I don't know, this is probably our third month where they wanted those yogurts every single day, uh-huh. every single week, same yogurt. They're just like, yes, we love it. It's great. Put it in. So, but then, you know, it switches up. i pretty much get them the same like veggies. There's not a huge amount of veggies that transfer it, that you can store in a bag. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> so they have limited things, but you know, one it's just, it's different. Uh, but I think the alternative for them is like not getting fed properly. <laughs> right. Well, yeah. For So, so my system it isn't quite so organized, but they, they basically, they have access to their plates and their bowls and their cups. And then I have a snack pantry and then all the fruit is just out. They're kind of used to, and so if, but if they want something else, then they just ask me. Nice. Um, yeah, I used to have a system similar. I would feed them kind of like you feed a cat (laughs) where, (laughs) because they were always hungry at different times right like depending on what time they got up we do we're pretty regimented in our schedule now because that feels really good and with going to school at a time every day we have a bedtime they set for themselves um and then we we do keep a more regimented schedule but in before we started uh free to learn we didn't have they would just stay up with us until late and then wake up late so i never knew like when they were going to be hungry or what food they needed so i would just make their food in the morning and just leave their plate out so they would just have plates of food on the they would just be at the table all day long my poor mother would just have a conniption fit she's like why why aren't you cleaning up this food I'm like there's still food on there they're gonna eat that next (laughs) that's like what is Sandra Dodd did did you ever read her yeah she called them monkey platters I think yeah yes I always called them cat food (laughs) (laughs) you know how you just pour your food into the cat bowl it's just there and the cat eats whenever it wants That's exactly right. And it's just for ease for myself, right? Like, I just don't want to be thinking about food every time you are hungry because a little kid gets hungry at random times. Like, they need snacks and, oh, Jesus, just too much food for me. Umrid entered the oldest's main complaint about having to go to school was that they don't feed them (laughs) enough. Like, when he's hungry, he has to wait for like a designated time to eat. And I was like, Wow, that's so, but it's interesting because I feel like the experience of him going to a school made him so grateful for, mm. for you know because he had no he had no basis for comparison. Were your kids ever in school? They haven't ever been in school, but they do have like I'm pretty willy nilly mother, uh-huh. so they are aware <laughs> of like things can go really wonky and not to your not to your benefit. <laughs> so um, I do hold space for myself pretty well. I mean, I try to, my main parenting um, philosophy, I've always said, is self-preservation. So I just feel like they're going to be happier humans if I stay in a happy space. Um, and so we all are, we're all on self-preservation. So like they organized this list back here 
to preserve themselves. <laughs> They're like, we can't take this anymore. This is too annoying. We gotta do something about it. So I'm like, okay, these are the things that I need. These are the things that you need. How do we make that work? So everybody is going along like pretty aware of themselves and their needs. And then um, all of the boards everywhere just give us a place to like put that together. How do you feel like you have um, observations or tips for parents who are not used to this sort of parenting style that are now being kind of forced into, forced into it? <laughs> um, well, first off, how does it feel to be forced into something? Not good. Don't do it to your kids. <laughs> um, <laughs> so there's that. Um, but also, yeah, I think the biggest thing is taking the pressure off, right? Like if your kid had leukemia and you are now going to be out doing chemo mm -hmm. and their recovery is going to take the next six months. You are not going to think a single thing about what their education is doing. Mm -hmm. I mean, to be honest, it's just going to go by the wayside. You are going to be building your relationship. You are going to be investing in the things that you guys love to do together because um, those are the things that are important, right? So, and to be 100% honest, if they get leukemia, and they drop out of the education system for the next six months, when they pop back in, they figure it out, right? Like, it's gonna work out. Maybe their education looks different for the rest of their life because it turns out like things have shifted around and they're not well enough to be in the school system. And so you're gonna make a different choice on the other end anyway. But the fact of the matter is, whatever that choice is on the other end, it gets figured out. So the pressure to like keep up with the work and all of that stuff, like, oh, we want to make sure this is all fine, is not, I would, I would tend to say it's not real. Mm -hmm. um, you make it as real as you want to make it. But if you were in a different situation, you wouldn't make it real. And you can choose that path as well. So just to like let off the pressure and ease those things, right? Like be in relationship be there for your, like, it turns out kids are really stressed about this. Like they don't get to see their friends. They don't get to be in proximity with them. They're missing this huge piece. All the relationships that they have really invested a lot in are just all of a sudden gone. They don't know what is going to happen on the other side, right? Like we can kind of rationalize what's happening, but they're dealing with all those emotions and we really like the more that we can take the pressure off them and just say hey what do you want to do today like what would make you feel really awesome about the way that you lived your life today um the more that we can do that just the better you know how can we nurture them and um, create a space where we're all feeling like we're thriving and it's not like we don't have to produce anything and just if you can keep in mind like you don't have to produce anything. I work with these kids, no production is happening and they live amazing, incredible, wonderful, phenomenal lives. They turn out beautiful on the other side and they know what they want and they've practiced it. And so if you can just give them this time to like practice, what does it look like if you play games all day? If you wake up, you're lay in bed and you're just on your device all day long until you go to bed, like how does that make you feel? Do you feel good? Are you able to be cranky or happy in the next day? Like what, what feel, where are you at? What, what are you with your body? Where are you at with your mind? Like, where are you at with your relationships? Did you miss coming out and giving me a hug in the morning? Cause I missed that. Like, you know, so there's all this learning that could happen. Um, and it looks different than the learning that's in our traditional schools. Um, but I would posit that it's actually much more valuable. So, you know, how much do I wish that I think as adults, we're, you know, on our, we're on Facebook scrolling and scrolling and scrolling until, you know, midnight. And then we're waking up groggy and just living on coffee. Like it would be nice if we had the freedom to just observe that be like, no, we get 
to do that. Like, let's just observe and see how it feels and, and check in with ourselves. Mm -hmm. And um, so if we can nurture that in, with our kids at this time and really put aside the producing element, um, man, it's really beautiful to see um, and to observe life in that way. So that would be my biggest thing is like test out what kind of people are they and don't judge them for the people that they are. <laughs> that's really beautiful. Then that's, that's, that's a lesson. That's sort of like the teaching the man to, to fish rather than giving him a fish kind of lesson because the variables are always going to change. You can't just give your kids, you know, hard set rules about everything, you know, right. so they need to know how to do that observation and that non-judgment and figure out what's best for them. So I love that. Yeah. And all of us, I mean, we hate that. We hate when people are doing that to us, but we don't think a second thought about doing it to our kids. And, you know, just, if you could just let that not be a part of life for a little while, it's really, really, it is really beautiful. And kids are amazing. They do amazing things. And it's so fun, but they do take, it takes a while for them to trust that you're not going to judge them for their choices. And, you know, I was just talking to somebody who's in education this week and um, he was talking about the suicide reports. Child suicides are just have gone off the charts for this um, lockdown. Oh, wow. And I said, as I was thinking about it, I'm like, you know what, as a culture, we don't value the choices that children make. We actually have decided that you don't get to make a choice because your choices are going to be so bad. Like if we let you choose, you're just, you won't survive. And so that cultural belief that we have where your choices don't matter, the things that you want to spend your time on doesn't matter. It has no value. And you actually, we're going to coerce you into doing something else. And I feel like that really is coming to the surface right now with now, at least when they're at school, they can kind of go over here and their choices don't matter, but then they get to come back home and you know, the parents are going to try to get them to do their homework and whatnot, but um, they get a little break, right? Like, so they can kind of navigate like the emotions that must be going on when you, what you want to spend your time on is not of value in your culture. Like that's pretty rough. Um, and so now they're just in this pressure cooker of like the parents are there trying to get them to do this and they don't have, they don't have any friends to like offload those emotions with now, whereas maybe they were getting some support from the parents. Now the parents are trying to force them to do this other thing as well. Right. And it just feels like such a pressure cooker for you don't matter. What you want is a fail. Yeah. And that's just got to feel so bad. It's, it's got to feel bad. And then now they don't have any outlets to offload those, you know, emotions that would come up if what your choices were, weren't valued by your community, by your culture. It seems so rough. I was just, it's a heartbreak. It's a real heartbreak. Yeah. yeah. Well, on that that's that's great I mean that's kind of the other you know the other side of the coin of no freedom um you know to kind of what you're trying to do I think or what you're doing mm -hmm. which is to to give kids that freedom I think that one of the um, the objections that I hear a lot is, is sort of a well-meaning one where parents just don't feel like they're going to, their kids just aren't going to turn out. Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It turns out they turn out awesome. Yeah. Yeah. They can make their own decisions their whole life. You do. I mean, it's helpful to have a framework, uh, right. Which is like when we get in a conflict with someone else, it's really nice to have. And that's why we have all that visible feedback and these different processes and things. Um, but it's a very, very, very loose structure. And they get to choose even whether they want to participate in that or not. 
right? Like they can even be on site and be like, hey, I need a break. We have a specific little space with a little white noise machine and, uh, you know, comfy, cozy pillows. And you can just go bury in the pillows until you're ready to come out and like participate in the culture again. And that's perfectly an acceptable need, right? It's like, I just can't keep any agreements right now. I need to, my own space, right? So we just want to make sure everybody's safe and you're not not keeping your agreement to keep other people, you know, their bodies safe and whatnot. But yeah, if you need to take a break from life, and I feel like that's what this is, is like what it can be is a break just to be you and just to experience you and just to be all, you know, that is inside of you. So if we can nurture that for our kids during this time, there's nobody who's going to say like, if you're, if you're allowed to be the person that you are, you're not going to succeed. Like, that's not true. Right. It's just not true. Everyone says, yeah, be, be, do what you want. But we limit them when they're young. And then all of a sudden they're 18 and we throw them out and like, okay, you can do whatever you want. You can be whatever you want to be. And they're like, what are you talking about? Like, of course I can't be who I want to be. Um, so yeah, at every point where we can nurture that, it's, it's really just beautiful. And they really are amazing when they've had, when they, when you give them 12 years to practice that, they know who they are. They know what they want to do. They know who they want to be. And they're really, really beautiful. So, and there's, um, there's schools that have been operating, allowing them to be free since like for a hundred years now. Um, and so there's a bunch of testimonials of people who live their lives like this, children who are now obviously um, quite adulty. Uh, and so you can go online, look up YouTube videos of Sudbury alumni, uh, Summerhill alumni. The stories, there's a lot of stories now of kids who are allowed to be, and um, they're really awesome people. <laughs> So just to bolster our like, will they succeed? Will they be okay? It's great to hear other people's stories. Yeah, yeah. They turn out. <laughs> Thank you so much, Emily Quant, for coming on the show, on, the, on this episode. Um, how can people connect with you? Um, I am always available. Obviously, I could talk about this stuff all day long, twice on Sundays. Um, <laughs> Uh, you can email me at emily at freetolearncommunity.com. Uh, I love I love supporting people who are trying to allow their children to be free. And it is really kind of a learning curve. So, um, And then our website, freetolearncommunity.com, uh, we have, you know, we can connect there. And the Agile Learning Community is worldwide. So if you go to Agile Learning centers, agilelearningcenters.org, um, and you look at the map there, uh, you can find if there's an Agile Learning Center close to you. There, Everything is open source. That's how we started ours. So you can start one. Like if you want to start one for your kids, you can. The support network is amazing. We have trainings all over the world every summer, some winters too. So I mean, it's just a huge, huge, beautiful network of Chil uh, people who believe that children are people and it's really great we have support calls we have just huge amounts of of help in that so yeah there's lots of resources just connect in it's really fun awesome okay well thank you and have a great uh, quarantine day thank you i will <laughs> bye <laughs>